Ow! Yeah, I mean, juicy, juicy. We don't need juicy. to start. We don't need to start with 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 me, like you said. We should probably yeah. start with with. Okay, what what are why would you ever listen to this? All right, let's <laughs> just talk. Let's just talk about the history of voting <laughs> in general. That's good. That's a good place for, to start. Well, why would anyone listen to this? Why first are we of all, doing it? Right? What is this? Yeah. Because we, I mean, it's easy to feel like we don't have a lot to share or a lot to to you know give out as far as advice or whatever for either filmmakers or companies, but we do, and part of that is our story, and so yeah, I think. Jed should should start rather than me as far as the the origin of, of votary and why why it exists. Yeah, that feels like an and then and then we can say if we agree. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that'd be fun. That's, that's All in favor? <laughs> Did that pass? <laughs> say aye. Aye. That's a natural okay. starting point. So I think uh, I think a little bit of a uh, you know who what where what, when where, of why, votary. Thank you so much. <laughs> This is why Jono's on the podcast. <laughs> to annoy Cody. Okay, yeah. So, I, I first of all, we're all storytellers here. Uh, specifically, we're filmmakers. And we've all come together over the years. Those are some of the stories that we'll tell. But what we do on a daily base, basis is tell other people's stories. And we've done very little of telling our own. So, this is the beginning of that. This is the beginning of us sort of practicing what we preach. And, uh, you know, we've seen great success from people bearing their souls, being vulnerable, uh, specifically organizations, companies. And most of these clients, partners that we have, they say the same thing. We always joke about it. They say, oh, our story is not very important. It's not very exciting. We don't have a great story to tell. That's just because they don't see this forest from the trees. They're, they're living in it day to day. And over, the, over time, our eyes internally have sort of started to become open to the stories that we can tell about our organization, about our characters. And we are. We're a cast of characters, always making choices every day. And um, those stories, really, a story is you, you're trying to go after something, you have something in mind that you want to achieve. You take action. Action will inevitably lead to conflict. What you do with that conflict is based on the type of character you are, or how much character you have. And then you hopefully learn a lesson from that story, and that's the moral to the story. And you can apply that moral the next time around. And so that's happening all the time as a cycle, every day, every week, every month. And these, these chapters of the story are chunks of time that we're all living. So this sort of gives us a platform to talk about some of these stories, um, both what we're experiencing with our clients and our partners and what's happening individually with us. So I think that's, you know, the, the sort of the why. Um, right. Well put. And uh, Agreed. <laughs> All in favor? Aye. Well, Aye. so so let's uh, let's hear like a little uh, votary origin story for yeah. for the okay <laughs> for the audience. Yeah. So uh, can you do it year. in ten seconds or less? It's it's a, it's always long, and it seems like it gets longer over the years. Yeah, it's like ask me. extra years are getting tacked onto the story. So I wanted to be sure. a filmmaker since I was young. Uh, I knew I was a storyteller when, when, you know, I had different people say, oh, you should take that story that I was telling, write it down. So I'd start writing it down. 
And inevitably, I started picturing it like a movie. I loved movies, always nuts about them. But, uh, you know, in the 90s, when I grew up, it wasn't super easy just to grab a camera and make a movie that looked like a movie. You could do the, the home video thing, but you knew it wasn't a movie and it, it annoyed you. So uh, it wasn't until the early 2000s when technology shifted and started seeing that we could get our hands on stuff that, you know, gear that actually looked like a movie. Um, by that time, I was married and had kids and believed that I really needed to just let go of the filmmaker dreams and focus in on a marketing career that I had already started. I was a graphic designer and a web designer, um, and I was good at it. I was making money for the company that I worked for, and uh, I was kind of slowly losing my soul in the process. It was, you know, I, I did the American dream thing. I had beautiful family, had the house, the mortgage, the, the dog, and the debt. A lot of... <laughs> Freaking lot That's of the debt. Of That's dream. the dream, baby. That's they the dream. Leave that part out. <laughs> and I was drowning in debt. To be honest, I was. It was. It was a nightmare. And I. That was part of what was sucking my soul out too. So, I just said to my younger brother, "I'm like, not only am I miserable from all this debt, but even if I get out of debt, I'm not happy or excited about the career that I'm in. I've always wanted to be a filmmaker, and I don't know where I lost my way, but I'm not in that anymore." And he was just kind of coming into his own uh, teenager, young man. And he's like, I agree. I love filmmaking. This is what we're learning just from this little hobby film thing that we're doing back and forth here is, is amazing. But how do we get out of the day job? We worked in the same company as our father's company. Uh, and how do we get out of the day job and, and make, make a go of it with filmmaking? So we decided to make a website called IndieFilmer.com. And IndieFilmer.com was... This was in 2002, so it was, you know, pre-blog and vlog and just, I just was like, oh, it's someplace where we'll write articles and do gear reviews and maybe we'll be able to sell advertising banners to, to companies and stuff and that will be enough to pay for us to get out of the day job and we'll be learning filmmaking at the same time. So we made it and it, it started to grow. We did gear reviews and we, we, everything that we learned, we laid it out in, as, as articles uh, on the site. This, I was already a web designer, so I designed a nice-looking site, and it was running. It was good. We got up to 60,000 unique visitors per month. And my older brother-in-law, my sister's husband, took notice right at that time, and he said, I have just made some money um, in you know over the years of working at the business that he was working at. And he's like, I've always wanted to make film. You guys are clearly going that direction. Move out here to Indiana, northern Indiana. I was li We were li in Syracuse, New York. And we'll make a movie together. And I just couldn't pass it up. We, we quit the job. We moved to northern Indiana. And over a whole year, wrote and directed a feature film, um, which was basically my film school. Um, and that movie is still on the shelf today, the end. <laughs> and that's and that's votary. That no, actually was the the origin you, of votary films. It though. really yeah. was. And then it became votary media. That's right. That's right. So yeah, at I the think tail, that's a good uh, the, yeah. the about the name because that's if the name came out of that experience. Right? What year was that that you went moved to Indiana? Two thousand six. So from two thousand six, and the company didn't change to votary films officially until twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. <laughs> right. Twenty nineteen. It, it was. It was like the January first, twenty nineteen. So it was yeah. the end of twenty eighteen. Heading into twenty eighteen. Yeah, we had been talking about it. Remember we were we were talking about votary entertainment yes. and then votary 
films, and they were like, well, media, media kind of just it yeah. encompasses everything. But All wait. right, so to fill the listeners slash viewers in, <laughs> it, the company started as Votary Films to make that movie, Silk Trees is the name of the movie, psychological thriller. Um, it, it'll be released at some point. Uh, but from that time, from the time that 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 movie was done, all the way up until 2019, we didn't build the 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 business Votary Films. We built Votary Media, and the reason for that was we were just trying to get any sales that we could, and that meant doing web design and graphic design and other kinds of marketing things, and of course, videos, films, which is where our, our most of our talent was was. But it wasn't until we became f- completely focused on films that we really got traction. Um, and there's so much I'm leaving out about the whole, all the hardship of the middle years. But <laughs> maybe we'll go into that Well, what later. about the name itself? Yeah, so Votary, uh, the, the short answer was I was, I'm crazy about uh, names. I love names and titles of things. And I just was having the hardest time coming up with a name for the business or for a production company. And I was subscribed to a dictionary.com, learn two words every day. They email you two new words to learn. And on one day they emailed, uh, the two words was galosh <laughs> and votary. Oh, we could have been galosh We were so films? close, guys. We were so close. It could oh. have been something so special. Do you guys special. know what galosh is? It's like pants or something. It's like a You're close. Galosh is a pudding. Nope. <laughs> Nope. It's some kind of a uh, it's some kind of clothing. Let me put on my galoshes before I go out in the rain. So so it's like wellies? They're rubber boot things yeah, that wellies. go over your shoes. Yeah, okay. Is that a Willie? Uh, uh Wellington. Yeah. Oh Wellington? Yeah, those are like the those are the tall boots. The Wellingtons? Yeah. No, this is a galosh is a <laughs> little rubber sock that goes over your shoe. Oh, it's a sock. Okay. Yeah, anyway. So we didn't become galosh media. Dang it. Unfortunately, that rolls off the tongue. But the other word was votary, and votary means someone who's devout like a monk to a cause or uh, a religion of sorts. And I thought, oh, that's a really cool word. I've never heard of it before. So votary films was, mm. was it. I like that. I, I struggle. I feel like I'm the same way with names. I want it to have so much importance to it, but then I don't want it. I want it to be totally different than, you know, it, um, I, I would struggle with someone else could think of this name. You know, right. Like, I definitely would be in that boat of like wanting it to be. How long did it take you? How long were you on the, the search for that name? More than a year. Because <clears throat> it was all the time that we were building up Indie Filmer. I was like, well, eventually I'll have a film production company and Indie Filmer will be its own entity and this other thing will be that. And so I was thinking about it through that time. I think it'd be interesting to keep telling the story, Jed, and then as we get to the part where each of us kind of come into it, we tell it from our point of view. I dig that. That's great narration. Okay. So 2007 when the Exterior? Exterior. <laughs> fade in. <laughs> a young man desperately searching for a place to live with his family after finishing a feature film. Well, it's true. It was, in, it was northern Indiana. There's nothing going on there. It was the perfect set for this, this movie. But when we were done, when we were wrapped with the project, I was like, there's no film work here. What do we do? Should we move to Chicago? That was the closest city. Or do we... And I knew we weren't going to go back to Syracuse, which is where I was from. I was happy to be from Syracuse. <laughs> and we had visited New England, uh, central Massachusetts, Worcester. 
because my wife, Bethany, that's where she was born and raised. So I, I liked New England, and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I keep reading that there's more film stuff going on in, in outside of Boston, so let's let's move there, and we did. So it was, it was 2007, the fall of 2007, that we moved here and put down roots, and uh, Votary Media came to be. Now, in the beginning, early stages, it was... I honestly don't even know how we survived. I really don't because we would have like $200 in the bank account and be like, let's find a place to live. <laughs> like, like how do you, I don't even know what we were thinking, like th how we even put two and two together, but we did. And well, uh, the economy was booming back then too. Yeah. yeah so we started the <laughs> business right when the, the recession was, and I didn't even know that there was a recession happening. I was completely unplugged from that whole year of just being pouring into this film. And I, I just, like, why can't I make any sense? I, could, I, could, I did not know what to do. I didn't even know how Specifically to. Specifically in real estate. It doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> why is this 800 square foot house $40,000 over market? <laughs> yeah, I honestly didn't even know how the process of even going and looking for a sale. I was kind of just pouring over Craigslist and taking any little odd job. At one point, I met a guy oh, who... Good Craigslist stories. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> like, there's, people would just want odd things. Like, oh, I have some editing that's needed. I'm your guy. I would, like, call him up and be, like, begging for the job and then eventually get the job. And it, was, it would pay, like, you know, a 1000 bucks or something like that. And it's just, like, that totally keeps us alive for a few weeks or whatever. Mm. Um, oh, a few weeks. I know, like, well, with a family. We a long way back then. <laughs> we were all very skinny back then. <laughs> well, with the family. Was there like, was only three, not six of us. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was the beginning phase of just learning. Just I didn't know what I didn't know. And building a business didn't mean anything more to, to me than just learning how to go out there and sell myself to businesses and just do the job myself and then come back and do a little bit of bookkeeping and it was just one man show and that's it and it was terrible for years it was really really bad it got to the place where you know bethany and i were having fights every day and i was just so emotionally invested in in the building of the business but she would beg me and just plead with me every day she would be in tears crying and just saying please go get a job we don't have any money we this can't go on she was like, I was really supportive for a few years now. And this is years that, that went on like that. And you had five boys. At this and, and we had five boys, yep. So we had five kids and, um, and and just barely figuring out ways of feeding ourselves. And as I remember one particular time, and I wrote about this just recently in the book uh, that I'm writing, but it's uh, it's a moment when Bethany and I had just been like crying from this terrible fight and the the house we hadn't paid the mortgage for a whole year and the the sheriff was serving the your your house is going to be uh auction go up for auction and the electric company was sending us the third disconnection notice which meant they really were going to disconnect it now <laughs> like we got it down to the science of when how long it took there was no food in the cupboards uh the kids where she had already gone to the food pantry many times and that food had run out and I'm pawing through my emails looking for any prospect. I have no sales. Our account is overdrawn by about a hundred dollars. I have no sales and no prospects. And 
on one particular day, uh, my oldest boy who works here at Votary with us uh, said something um, like, dad, are, are we rich? And it's just like one of those, I asked the same question to, to my dad when, when, when I was young. It's just one of those things you ask when you're really little, little. And, you know, our standard response has always been, of course, we're rich. We're rich in love. And, you know, we, you know, we have a lot of opportunities as Americans and blah, blah, blah. That was always our response. But on this particular day, I did not want to say anything like that because I was just so in over, over my head and didn't know what to do. And I talked a little bit about it. And that little bit of self-talk made me go back to my emails and dig through the emails. And I'm like, I know there's a prospect in here somewhere. And the electricity goes out. Oh. And the, the house goes dark. And I knew I had to walk in from the office to the house and face Bethany and face the kids and just be like, I don't know what to do. But uh, it was it was a tough night because, you know, but in, in many ways, I'm so, so happy for it now because it's this marked memory. It's this story that just encompasses and encapsulates the conflict of that time. And I go inside and I talk with the boys and, you know, we're, I'm like, we're camping tonight. And we try to pull the mattresses out and lay on the floor and like we're talking. Bethany went to bed. Yeah. Camping. Don't, don't tell anybody. Um <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, then we would have some conversation that night about like, look, this is a little different than what other people have to go through. And, you know, you might, I said to the boys, I'm like, you might feel uh, like maybe tomorrow when you're at school, like, are we weird? Do other people go through this? Their electricity turn off and whatever. But I said, look, it, not everybody else is trying to go after what we're going after. And and, and we're, we're, yes, we're taking risks and we're, we're getting after it. And there's hard times, but you can't experience the ups unless you've experienced the downs and pretty much the next day I said I got to go talk to someone who um, has been in the spot that I'm in and I went and met with Charbel Charbel Najim because I had heard that he had been through a really tough time and I went and had lunch with him he was just so open and vulnerable and just laid out the, the dirty details of when he was going through his really, really hard times. And it just was everything that I needed to get energy back. And I was like, I don't know what to do, Charbel. I should, I need to just go get a job, right? Because I'm in such, I'm in such deep crap. And he's like, well, he's like, what would be the faster path to money to go sell yourself to someone who's hiring or to go sell your services, because either way you're selling. And I thought about it and thought about it and thought, I'm absolutely right. I need to do other things to get out there to sell services. That's going to be the faster path. And I was like, started imagining going door to door because I'd never gone door to door. You know, I'd never, I'd never gone door to door. I'm like, I could try that. I could go door, door to door. And before we left that meeting, Charbel bought about a month's worth of my services and it literally breathed life back into the company and we turned around after that um and it was it was just crazy and I didn't I didn't go there expecting him to do that at all I didn't it wasn't even like oh maybe he'll give charity or something it was nothing like mm -hmm. that it was a complete shock and surprise and and we're still great great friends to this day and we we compare notes and we tell these stories to each other and to ourselves because truthfully 
he has gone through financial problems since then, and I have gone through financial problems since then. Yeah. It is never a happily ever well, after. And he's, he, you know, his story is crazy. It just, he didn't know, he didn't speak English when he came here, right? Right. At all. Right. He's from Lebanon. Right. From Lebanon, like just war-torn. Yeah, like, I mean, we should bring him in on this, on this podcast. Yeah, we should interview him, but just <laughs> yeah. like the, the amount of, it's not like he, you know, you're going to like some successful entrepreneur that just like had all this money to throw at things who comes from success. Like he, his story is like, it's intense. It's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm, I would be, I mean, I've thought this too. And like, I'm sure maybe listeners are thinking like, like why for three years would you put you and your family through that without just getting some sort of job that you know you could get? Yeah. So I did, I had a job for a certain amount of time that was paying for, it gave me enough income to get the house that we were in the mortgage and eventually it was the marketing take, position. The, it was uh, making police training films with municipal police. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I was making police training films, and and it was we were surviving, but it was taking more and more of my time and more of my attention, and I was like, it's sucking me back into that w- corporate world, and I know that I have to build this thing. So the more I would lean out of this financial safety in order to build this other thing the more pain and more risk and more pain there was. But I just knew I had to lean away from that and into the, to whatever it is I needed to learn. And truthfully, month to month, week to week, month to month, there was always like something that gave us relief. It would come time to pay the mortgage or pay rent. And that year that we didn't pay, we were choosing to not pay because, uh, Many months we wouldn't have it, but then in the next month we would have it. But someone advised us, no, you need a modification to your loan. So just let your credit get wrecked and go through a mod, and you'll in the long run it'll be better. It was terrible advice. I was gonna say, would it was you terrible do that advice. Again? <laughs> no, it was terrible advice. I would never give that advice to anybody. It's it, I, and I would never do that again. They're like, anyways, here's your order. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you guys were pretty young. I mean, you guys you started a family. Yeah, we started really young. Very young. Yeah, I mean, so my parents did too. Yeah. Like they, she was 18 when she was pregnant. Yeah. And I yeah. was, and, and she had her, she had Jai when she was 19 and I was 22. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, but we always would get by with one, one little thing into the next. And that was votary for like seven years. Yeah. Why was there the, that, I mean, I know we've talked about this in the sort of votary interview too, but like, uh, why was there such a pull to be like, no, I need to be an entrepreneur. I need votary to be a business. I need this to, I need to see this through and the corporate life or other things. There are distractions from my goal. Is it that the goal is there? Is it that like, what was the, what was pulling you? It's why? not, it's not even, it's not even a goal in, in the traditional sense of the word goals. Like I have to get, make my goals. No, it's if, if, True, like people, the other entrepreneurs that I know that are wired similarly can attest to this. It's just the way I'm built. Mm-hmm. It's just the way I'm wired. I don't know any other thing. I only I only know that my brain wakes up and it sees a vision for something, and I just have to go do that, and I have to just do whatever it takes to get to that. And so that maybe that's what you mean by a goal. But but the the hard part about being wired that way is. Every day with you, you don't wake up with the same vision every day. You wake up with other ideas too, and mm-hmm. you can, you can want to do those. And then you, it's shiny, shiny object, 
object syndrome. And it's like you yeah. get a little way into something and you're starting to get traction and it's boring because now the real work is beginning and it's hard and you're hitting conflict, right? And now uh, being a dreamer, being a storyteller, I'm such a dreamer. I'm like, I can dream of this other thing and then just start going after that. And so I did that perpetually. I mean, if I told you the number of businesses that I've started in my life, I could we could fill the whole podcast with one idea after mm. the next and why they failed. Be and and e every one of them could have been a success, except I wouldn't, wasn't willing to put in the work when it got hard. Yeah. And so I knew that at the, with this situation. I knew that I had come far enough to where I was in the pain, I was in the conflict, and I had already run from corporate, gone back to corporate. Run from corporate, and I was about to go back. And I'm yeah. like, no, I have to... I have to get through this enough to learn what it takes and then have some type of breakthrough. And uh, so Charbel giving you that, I mean, obviously it was, it was legitimate like business. It's not like it was, it was just legit. alone, but like no, wasn't him alone, doing yeah. that, like what was it about that moment that kind of steered the trajectory? Cause you said like things just started changing. After yeah. They that. didn't change quickly, but they changed. We survived after that. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest things, and this is why I wrote it in the book, this is the one of the power of story and storytelling. Sitting there with Charbel and hearing his dirty details about having come through it himself. He's like, we're scraping change together to buy diapers. And I'm getting chills because I'm like, that's where we're at right now. And he's like saying the things that I'm going through. And just seeing that he got through it yeah. and reached another level, my faith just rose right I think that's it i think you're someone who you know you just said it you're a believer you know so someone who from my perspective is always believing in something if you believe something's possible you just go after it it doesn't even matter if it's a goal of yours you know if, if you're dreaming that it could be a possibility you're energized to do it and then when you're at rock bottom and you have no hope that's where sharp bell came in and, right. and mm -hmm. gave you that from, from his perspective yeah because it was all dried up in you you know so like you know, i i noticed that in my life it's like i could want something but it, unless i actually believe it's possible i'm not like yeah energized to go and do it and sometimes like, you, you'll never believe it's possible until you hear someone else's right. story yeah, right because sure. that you can't you don't know anything beyond what you've experienced right that's all you know so when someone like charbel comes in and says i've been there and i got through it suddenly you have this level of like okay, if he could do it, it could happen to me or I could get through it yeah. too. Isn't it funny how the older you get, like cliches and things you hear <laughs> as, a, as a kid start to click in a new way? Totally. Like be like believing in yourself is one of those things that you hear so much like growing up and you're just like, <clears throat> what? okay. like, But then you actually start to realize the importance of it <clears throat> when you're, the older you get and then you, you have life experience with moments where you just are wanting to give up. Or right. you do give up, and then all you know. Sometimes all it takes is you know a, a friend to be like, "No, you're worth believing in. You need to believe in yourself. I believe in you." And you're like, "Oh no!" Like those those cliches are hitting my heart now. <laughs> and <laughs> like, interestingly, like giving int me motivation. Like listen to old people. <laughs> Pretty much, that's the that's the guide, right? Like he, they talk. You know, Donald Miller talks about it in Story Brand. The guide, the importance of the mm. guide. The, the elders in our life are they've been there. They've done that. Deus ex machina. <laughs> Interestingly to me, I I think about what we do now with the documentary side of what we do for, for clients and partners and whatnot. And 
in in many cases what we're doing is is exactly that you're taking something a story that is that has happened or has, is happening and you're wrapping it up in a way that that future people can see it or outside people can see it and they can understand and 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 be inspired and learn something from it and ultimately be attract hopefully be attracted to that level of vulnerability ideally um, like if, ideally. if 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 they go through the process that we're trying our best to to, to put out there saying this works like why why are we focusing on meaningful stories what does that mean like if you go through that process you do open up about the hardships you talk about it you talk about the resolution there is power in that like people feel connected to you I think it's so easy for people in our industry I was just talking to a guy yesterday who was in doing the same thing we're doing visual storytelling like video and he's trying so hard to get out of just showing up with cameras and being viewed as that like you guys are a production team, mm-hmm. right? You're going to show up and do your thing. It's like, yeah, but there's so many production teams that they have they have uh, a bigger vision and they have, you know, if it's all about really doing the work up front before you show up. Like the magic doesn't happen just because you're there with cameras, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, I'm sure that will come out of this, all this, these conversations too. It's just yeah. like, why, are, like, why have we made the transition to not want to just do that right to just be workhorses and actually yeah. create something meaningful because we can show we've we've had plenty of experience of showing up with cameras having an idea that this is gonna this is a there's a great story here we know it but we we didn't we didn't reiterate it enough up front and someone's gonna take the lead and if we are not just really taking the reins the client will right. and then it's like or no one will or no one will, and it'll be, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen type of thing. And it's like the importance of that, of like, no, let's focus on what really matters, what's really meaningful. That's going to get people to to actually connect with this. Um, that's something that I feel like, you know, be interesting to talk about too. Yeah, I feel like you have, you've honed that in so well. Like when you're talking to clients and, you know, you being director of marketing and sales, you're constantly pitching that, but it's not a pitch. You're just saying it because it's something you believe and <coughs> you've experienced it go wrong so many times. You're just saying this is the way it needs to be or it needs to not happen because, you know, this is how we get good content and we don't want to make bad content. Yeah. Um, and and not only just good content, it's like this is how people are wired. Yeah. It's like once you start breaking down storytelling and like connection, and like what, it, do, what do we want? Is, is that something that you feel like you've always known and now you're just articulating or is that something that you feel like, you know, cause I remember you saying when you came to voter, you were just what doing graphic design. <laughs> you know, like well, you yeah, I, w- I want to, so yeah, I would like to hear the, the bridge, bridge the gap between where you were at that point, Jed, and then bringing Mike into the picture. Yeah. Those early years. <laughs> Mike entering stage left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Mike enters <laughs> stage left interior. Well, I knew that wh- when when things started to turn around, I was like, we're catching a little bit of momentum here, which means we have a little bit of capital above and beyond what it takes to feed the family, which is, which was unheard of, hmm. right, up to that point. Oh, so the moment that you have a little capital, you're like, I knew having gone through that pain, I'm like, I don't ever want to go back to that pain. What is it going to take to not go back to that pain? And I'm like, we need sales. We need, and if we do get a lot more sales, how am I going to fulfill all those? Oh, I need a team. I got to have a team. That means I have to build a company, an actual company, (laughs) 
right? But that is just so foreign to think about, like, what, how do you even peel apart? Like, you go from having no money, zero money, to having just enough to feed your family, to having a little bit more. You're like, can I actually let go of this money to pay someone to do so? Like, it's so, so ridiculously nerve wracking, right? Well, like seven years in, too, right? Right. So, way far in, you know, having, because up to that, solopreneur, just with free, you could think of it just like a freelance career. You know, but I always working, knew that I, working from home, working in the garage, working from the uh, garage, garage office. Exactly. So I just started putting my antennas up for people that I believed would be good team members. And I knew that they would need to be artistic and that they would there would be some I, I didn't even know what I was looking for other than I, I knew they would need to love film like I did and storytelling. And I knew that they would need to fill different roles. Uh, and the picture that I had in my head uh, when it became, you know, t time for me to really think about, well, how can I even pay for a team? Uh, the picture I had in my head was we're going we're gonna to have uh, a team of filmmakers. And somehow, if I put just put one foot in front of the other, something will present itself on a way to pay for them. And I just know how to do it. But I was like, it's going to come. Um, and when you came, when you, you and I started working, um, had I already been talking with Chris or you and I started working first? Yeah, we did a couple projects, um, together and, and before Chris. I always get that timeline a little bit mixed up. I do too. Cause yeah. you and him were at the same time, two, um, different people with that are like in my mind there was going to be completely different roles and I couldn't pay for either one of you <laughs> <laughs> and I was like with Chris I just said look I don't have the business yet I don't have the jobs yeah but if you'll hang out hang around and we talk about how to build this thing when I do get a job I'll peel off five percent for you I don't know how much that's going to be and I'm like this is a terrible offer <laughs> do you want it <laughs> and he's like He's like, I'm learning, so I'm in for the learning. And then when we yeah. get that job, I was like, I have, I kn we had met and we had talked, and I knew that you were quality for long term. I'm like, I got Mike. He can do, so, he can do some graphic design. He's had a little bit of web experience. He's a musician. He wants to make movies. He's already had a little bit of experience with video, but not a lot. And I'm um, all over the place. It, yeah. Well, and, and that, and so were we, right? So that fit. I know that's why we got along. He's, he's like, good at puzzles. He uh, <laughs> just talk like about. Things. He's got great whatever. taste in tea. <laughs> yeah. Loves kombucha. So yeah, so, yeah. So uh, uh, he's got but, a great jawline. So Mike, where where were you at at that point? And, and cute uh, smile. I uh, I I was basically what he just described. Like was interested in too many things all at once. The one the one constant is I always was you know making music. I knew I wanted to make music, and I still am going to make music till I die, whether I make money at it or not. But I was obsessed with movies. I had these screenplay ideas, but I didn't know anything about it. And I was working at a sandwich shop just because it was it was fun. I got free food, and I was like learning about like organic food, and thought that was like you know this whole new thing. And and um, I was like I said earlier, I guess we're, we'll probably re you know restart this. So um, basically was you know ready to to quit that job to just do anything creative and i and i started freelancing uh graphic design and web design and 
illustration and whatever I could do that was creative. Like I, I went to uh, Quinsig and did the applied arts program and really didn't know what I wanted to do through the entire thing and just like really didn't take it seriously because I, I was getting good grades with like minimal effort because I, I was like just naturally able to just create things and like use my imagination. That's all I wanted to do. I'm like, I want to create just like that feeling that you get when you create a world when you're like playing with Legos as a kid or like just do do something that I, I can just be my myself and feel like there's an environment that cultivates that. I never really felt that. I, w- I didn't feel camaraderie growing up. I was very like, let me just do my thing. So anything that gave me a tinge of that, it was, was somewhat satisfying. If I could create something and use my imagination and someone felt like that was worth something, I'll do it. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I came in was like, oh, you know, Lori Media, okay, cool. Like there's, they're doing video, they're doing graphic design, they're doing web design. Like I guess this is what, these are what my options are in life. If I'm going to do something creative, I need to do something, I guess, that people purchase as a service or something. Just like learning my way around, like just like the business world and all that. And, you know, when, when Jed mentioned, you know, potentially selling these things, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you mean I'd be a salesman? You want me to be a salesman? Like, I'm going to talk to people yeah, and yeah, sell yeah. them things. Go, go sell this stuff. Like, oh, you know, you're talking about what? You're talking about eye contact with strangers. You're right? talking about, like, I, I, was, I, I thought of salesman as, like, you know, I, used car salesman, cold calling, door-to-door sales. Like, I had no, I had no idea what that meant, really. And, and but I, I knew that, like, that was kind of... Like, all right, this is like where the rubber meets the road. This is how you grow a business. You need sales. He can't do it all on his own. I do like talking about this stuff. Um, I guess I'll give it a shot. Like, I don't, I don't actually remember making the decision. It was sort of just this, like, it was made for you. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember showing up. Right, I showed up at the office one day and was like, I'm going to start coming in. I quit my job at the sandwich shop. I was barely making money there anyway. It was just like, I just enjoyed it, you know, and I and I was getting by and I was yeah, still able to You weren't even hired at Votary at this point. No, you didn't hire me. Did I just you, showed up. I had done a couple, I had done a couple projects. So yeah. I knew like, hey. Were you out of the garage at this point? Yes. Yes. And were you at Harlow Street? Harlow Street. So what you're. So you were in with. So that's, that's this whole other step of faith that is crazy, but it was just right around that same time. It was time. right around the time when you first got the office and that's what made me feel like, okay, you're actually. You like you have a new space. I had I had been in the garage. Like you were. I mean, that's a whole other story. Like you working from the garage. I don't know how you got anything <laughs> done. Your kids were constantly in there. You were constantly being called upon. You had such patience. I was like, here's this guy get the doing, like like building a company with constant distraction. Like I know I get easily distracted. You get easily distracted yeah. too, just by yeah. nature. Yeah. But like you were, and you were like, just like so calm about, I'm like, this is a nightmare. How are you doing this? <laughs> and then you Why finally- Why do you think you're so have, patient with us? Yeah, now you have, fi- you finally have a new space. And so I'm like, okay, you got, you're like doing, like it's on its way to something. Mm-hmm. Like, so I just start showing up. I'm like, whenever you have something for me to do, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, <laughs> I'll never forget this sort of like, Okay. And then, and then probably like a couple weeks in, you sat me down and you were like, I'm not paying you a salary, but you're showing up. So clearly like you have work ethic 
Now, had you been working at the sandwich shop or were you doing that for free? No, I quit. I quit. I was showing up. (laughs) Were they paying you? He gave me a pity project. He gave me a project that was like, do something because you're here, which is like, I was like, all right, cool. And literally any, any project for any amount of money, I was like, I'll, uh, whatever, I'll do it, you know? And you gave me this project of like making a booklet for Votary because you knew I had done some graphic design. I remember. Yeah. And like, we're almost done with that. Yeah, we're still we're still doing we're it. Close we're, still <laughs> we're, we're, we're close. We're close. We are really honing in on this book. Right? <laughs> Stay tuned for that. Book. <laughs> we just took photos today. It's for true. It. We Thirteen still years in the it. making. I still pro- I still probably on like some hard drive have like the original voter like which it would be hilarious to look. Don't at Don't right show now. it to us because it will probably derail everything that we're talking about. Like, just oh, gonna be so like good. I actually really <laughs> like this. We really I, fell apart over. The I years. think maybe we, we should, should just go back. To revert to this branding. This is good. I mean, this this is pre like video focus. This right. is like video yeah. amidst a, a sea of other services. Yeah. Like you were you were all about like more the merrier. SEO services, mar- but that was like that was the 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 like the uh, the whole market. Like it was all about all right, one stop shop, full marketing service, services. creative agency. That's what you yeah. That's that's how you make it right. But media was the niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> and eventually making the transition to video, I was like on board because I. I was really like, I want to make movies. And the, the most fun that I had when when we worked on projects was writing those silly, like, skits yep. for the church. Yep. Because I got to act and write and, like, be there and we shot it and, like, see it come together. Yeah. And then, like, you would throw these things at me of, like, oh, you want to try editing this? I'm like, I know nothing about editing video, but sure. You know, and, like, try my best. And then you, and you would see, like, through like the fact that it made no sense, like what I was trying to put together. You're like, oh, okay. You know, Bless but it was, heart. yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I, not quite there, but like, I didn't know how to edit quite yet. Like in, in, uh, but the, I, I was like, Hey, at least she's giving me a chance to, <laughs> to work on it. Like what other opportunity am I gonna really have? Um, and just sort of like learning what I uh, am attracted to and what I'm not. And so I was fine with, like, I'm like I never want to edit another logo again. Like, and to I your so to your credit, to your credit, and I've told this story to others usually when you're not in the room, so I'll tell it when you're <laughs> there. There was a few projects that you turned in where I was just like, I don't know if I can keep working with Mike. Like this is not what we were looking for. But every time, every single time, I would go back to you and be like, Yeah, it's all right. Don't worry about. It. Like I'll, I'm gonna find out. Different. You're like, No, 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 no. What's wrong with it? Let's tell, tell me what I need to do to fix it or what what do you need about it? And then I would just like be forced to try to come up with some notes or whatever. And you would go back. You're like, go away and let me fix it. And you, it, that's how, that's honestly, it was breaking me out of that mentality yeah. of the one, the solopreneur, like I just got to do everything. Yeah. You would go away and you would come back with a new thing and I'd be like, it's oh, pretty good. He, he actually, he actually made it. He heard what you really said. Really good. He heard me and. That's you would you would improve it every single time to the place where we could sell it or that we could deliver it yeah. to the client. That's a great note. If you're a if you're a college student looking for a job or something right now, don't think you know better than the <laughs> no, business owner. But just the willingness to yeah. to just stay humble and just keep going at it. And yeah. honestly, mean, that that's the huge thing we look for is just the do they have a good attitude? Right, yeah. right. And yeah, and do they are they okay with not being paid? Because that's yeah. huge. That's, that's huge. Part of the history. <laughs> I, I had I, I knew I had the creativity, and this has always been my thing. Where I know I, I have a confidence in my in my imagination, but skills 
or not so much. But at the end of the day, creativity, I think, is like what's going to be most valuable like in, in life. And you can learn skills. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was just like, I was looking to learn the skills. And like the fact that I was able to just try my yeah. hand mm-hmm. at something. Yeah. I was, I was, I had very low confidence in myself uh, with like my skills in any department except for like creative drawing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I talked to my professors in, in, in school to let me do drawing instead of writing essays. And I would get A's because I'd be like, I'm going to draw the picture of what I read instead of like Just writing. a bunch it. of scribbles that was on me. a piece of paper. That was me except instead of drawing, I was doing video. Video projects. Yeah. 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 It's like, I was just like, I know I can do this, but anything beyond that, when, so in, when once computers got introduced, I'm like, I'm not freehand drawing. I'm like, like <laughs> this is, you know. Once computers got introduced, <laughs> back what an in, old fashioned Back in statement. 1983. <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, my, so, 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 what year? So, what year was that? Did we establish that with you came in and met Jed? <sighs> 2014. 12. Yeah. No, it was earlier than that. Oh, 2012. Sorry. Yeah, twenty twelve. When we first at, when we first got introduced, it was around twenty twelve or twenty eleven. When we first started doing projects, it was probably twenty twelve. And when we first like I was eight when years I started old. showing up, wow. it was like end of end of twenty fourteen or twenty fourteen. Well, I know it wasn't twenty fourteen because twenty fourteen is when we did that party and wrote up that deed and like did like a total total change in the in the business. I know it was prior to that. So it had no. to be 2013. Yeah, and then I'm and then you moved to Montana. Oh my god. There's a, whole, right. there's a so. whole thing there, but like that was that was the that was basically me starting. Mm-hmm. But you didn't you didn't really like offer me a full-time position until I think 2014 or 2015. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, like salaried position like get sales and I'm so like, uh, okay so now why don't why don't <laughs> mike and jed kind of bounce back and forth on the years leading up to jono i would like to know a little bit more about like i remember that. interviewing jono let's go let's, <laughs> let's get there that. let's go let's go the, <laughs> let's go 2014 uh, so 2014 mike was hired i he he moved he was um building up his sales skills there was <laughs> such a I want to know why you you thought he could sell because he didn't. (laughs) I knew he could sell because he was passionate about storytelling and he he could talk about it till the cows came home. (laughs) He could talk. He could talk, talk, talk. And he and and honestly, even though, you know, he could talk about it pretty much with anyone, even though at at first it was like transitioning into the the selling side or like or asking making the ask wasn't comfortable and it's never comfortable for people until they just do it for a while he it it didn't matter just being passionate about the value of stories and storytelling i recognized that and i knew that i had that and i knew that that's what closed sales so i had already tried a different salesperson that was like a hundred commission base and they weren't in, and they didn't and I didn't have to carry any salary so I'm like here's how you sell and we're gonna like building up sales scripts and blah blah, blah and never would work never would work <laughs> didn't, didn't you try that with people who are actually trained in sales at one trained point? yeah good people who had um, like amazing past rec- yeah. track records of selling and couldn't sell storytelling they mm-hmm. just couldn't do it it was so foreign the idea of filmmaking or, or making videos or selling videos to customers, they just couldn't do it. Well, and this was a time where, like, video itself was not where it's at now. 
Right. Like now you don't actually have to sell like video would be valuable for your business. Right now, yeah. As much. Everybody knows it pretty much. Yeah. The video part, the need need for video part. The pe- the place where people what people don't naturally know now is that the power isn't in the video, it's in the story. It's in the meat of the story even. Yeah. Um the delicacy of the story, the vulnerability of the story. Power is inside the meat. Power <laughs> in the meat. <laughs> that's Vegans our, beware. That's our catchphrase here at Votary. The power is in the meat. Votary films. What what when we blah, blah, what year did you get here, Jono? 2017. Well, I know how I know how it went down. 2015, I had this crazy <laughs> feeling that I had to reconnect with my family and they were all in Montana, especially my mother. And my my kids didn't know their grandmother or, and and my my dad had just passed away and I was like they're going to grow up and not know my whole family. And I was like, okay, we have some semi-regular sales that are happening, not monthly, you know, not like retainer accounts, but we were okay. We were paying the bills. So I was like, well, what if this was an office here and I start opening offices in other states and like, that's how we grow the business. And I'll start with Montana so that my kids will get to know my family. And so we high Franchise model. Yeah. I, I, th- I honestly was under the crazy delusion that I could just go and spin up these different offices and that that was what I would be good at or whatever. Um, and so we took, we went, the family went, and we were out there for four months, and it was great for the kids to connect with my family, but it would, but the, the business started to decline. I mean, Montana was booming. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much going on out in Montana. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful. Isn't Montana the middle Hollywood? That's what they call yeah. it. Isn't that the New York yeah. City of the West Coast? It, it really is. You know. Hollywood Central. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the, of course the business started declining, uh, and the, the Chris, who was named general manager at that time, was just like, "I'm out. I can't do this by myself. This is not the vision I signed up for." Well, I I would not go to the office. I start. I was mainly working from home or working from Boston, where my girlfriend at the time lived, and I was like kind of half Worcester, half Boston. Yeah, and was like feeling totally disconnected, feeling like I I I don't know. What I'm doing? How am I supposed to sell this stuff, especially without like any sort of guidance? Right. And when you said that you guys were like, I did, like I don't know about this. Like I don't know if we're gonna stay out here. I was like, like, like good, you know. Like I yeah. like I felt bad for being so relieved, but I'm like, this is like, I don't know what to do. Right. So, so I came long, back. How I, long was it? Montana? I, I was only in Montana for four months, and I oh, was wow. It was so short, but it felt like a year. To everyone, Mike, you were, you were relieved when he said he was coming back. Yeah, yeah. And when I came back, I came back with a whole new vision and a whole new perspective. And I and I and and here's the thing that a lot of people don't know about me personally is I grew up moving around a decent amount, so I never really knew where home was. I just felt like a gypsy my most of my life. And when I was a young adult, I really was a gypsy. I just moved around all over and traveled and whatnot. And I still had that in me all the way up until that Montana situation. And when the mon- when, when we came back here from Montana, that's when I my eyes were open to what everything that I loved about New England. And I was like, this is completely home for me. Like this is full roots, home. I don't need to, m- if I move somewhere else, it, it won't ever be a move. It would be like, oh, I'd spend a month somewhere else 
because I'm escaping the winter or something like that. But this is home, right? Yeah. And when that clicked for me, then there was new vision of just like, no, don't open offices all over the place. Like, do it. Just make this amazing. Build a better team. And with, that's exactly when we when we started digging in and doing that. It was Talene. And then it was mm. Jono. Well, Jamin came out with you. And Jamin yeah, came that, back yeah. from Montana. That's right. So Great point. So, Jed, your nephew was, I mean, he was probably one of the first people I met when I came into the office, you and him. And, and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, it's like a family business. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it kind of started. To yeah, like Jamin it. and my younger brother joined me in the, the votary office in Montana. We were there just long enough to spin up this beautiful office, and we were getting sales. We were killing it. Uh, for this little city in Kalispell <laughs> that was just like out of nowhere. Uh, and it was so interesting to look at the pictures of both offices and they were decorated similarly and it was like weird. But we had to shut Montana down to come back to to New England. And the beautiful part about that was Jamin came back with us because he just was a powerhouse. He developed into a powerhouse in those sh- in those short few months. How old is Jamin at this point? Young, I like mean, five. He's, <laughs> he was. <laughs> he's a powerhouse. He, 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 I know he's twelve now. So he went from. <laughs> <laughs> he went from not knowing, not being a filmmaker, not knowing anything about making films, but having great instincts, to being a legit filmmaker in four months. Shout out to at Jay Mufasa on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Follow him. Yeah, he just he just really developed. He was well, primed and ready to develop. And he was he was there uh, to make Synergy Aircraft mm-hmm. was one. That was like a great example of like, okay, this is like intimate docu style story. This is like a different thing than just like, oh, we do video production. It looks good. Like right. it was something unique about that. And that, that I remember that struck something in me. And then Everett Andrews, EA Custom Millwork. Mm-hmm. You guys did that. We had one comedy in between that, that legit sups, legit supplements comedy that was like scripted and. And whatnot, and he Legit had, supplements. yeah, and, you know, it was viral our, video. Yeah, it was, it was like, <laughs> they were very, very pleased. You know, you look back on it, and you're just like, Ooh, I don't know, that's not very funny, but uh, but it, you oh, know, it's so funny to me. <laughs> it's it's, oh, it's funny because it's, it's cringy, yeah, not the way they think. Yeah. It might be yeah, they they went belly up the month later, so. We didn't. We help. were just laughing and laughing. <laughs> I wasn't laughing at them going belly up. I was I know, laughing I at the video. Yeah, so when we came back, came back with Jamin, we, st- we started to really look for more team members that that would be fitting Just to like the long term. <laughs> yeah, fitting so to the so vision. this has got to be what 2015, 16 at this point. Okay, 2016. Yep. So not that long ago, really. I mean, for me, four years. We're getting there. Seem, we're getting. Yeah. We're getting there now. Doesn't seem that long, but it's so. It what, feels so like what was it like time. for you to have them come back to Worcester? Uh, I'm going to try to put myself back. There. I remember meeting Jamin. I remember Jed giving me like a, like, this is who Jamin is. He's like my nephew and this stuff. And I was like, oh, is this going to be like a, like the office situation where like, oh, Michael yeah. hires his <laughs> like nephew or something? Jamin, how, how old were you when you, when you came here? That J- he doesn't to, know. To you viewers who don't know, Jamin. <laughs> he was 18. He's in the Jamin producer's booth. Slid, slid over to the producer's booth. 18? To us. But he probably heard his he name. He was 18 years old, so I was like, who so is this nosy. baby? And 19, maybe. He, I remember Jed being like, yeah, he's like really quiet, but like when he does speak, he really means what he says. And it's like he's really thoughtful. Like with like what he says, and I'm like I had that in my mind. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like that. I'm like that's like uh, I feel like maybe we'll relate to each other because I like 
yeah. you know, growing up was like hyper introverted. And I think we, we clicked pretty, pretty soon and pretty easily mm-hmm. and started working on projects together. And when did he become the most sarcastic person I've ever met? Cause well, that developed over time. <laughs> that's that that's right. New something, England. Something that's happened. what New England does yeah. to people. Something happened where like overnight, yeah, he just got comfortable and I'm like, oh, this is who you really are. Uh-oh. But in many ways, because I know the rest of his family, I got to say, there's, there's an element to Jamin's personality that is, that always needed New England mm. to shine. Cause mm. they were, they, cause you know, they would all laugh and be like, and I know it because I'm that person in among my siblings, that sarcasm, it just, it really shines. <laughs> yeah. We just like, we like to think that like, we don't, we don't care. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, okay. So you, you hit it off with Jamin pretty well. You came back. You were happy. You were happy for eh. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I did don't you start re- working I in remember, the office again? I remember what I liked about it was the fact that, like, yeah, we were we were in the office, and it felt like more of a actual team, not just like Jed and I being like, what, <coughs> like, what do we do? Like, how do we get sales? Or like, having just like four people now <laughs> felt like more of a like, okay, like we're we're you know we have more like roles a little bit. It's like moving towards something. And then something really cool started happening where we were like trying to basically develop a series. We were mm-hmm. thinking like, like, oh, we want to make, you know, we want to make series and like in, and sell it to streaming services and started writing like a scripted series, like a docu, <laughs> like a, not even documentary. It was, it was, it was a scripted, scripted show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, coming to work and writing that was fun. But then eventually, obviously you know you Money. know where that Get back goes. to work yeah like <laughs> uh okay maybe work on actually getting some more sales before we we you know put all our eggs in one basket sort of thing i mean that speaks to the rebirth of new vision when we came back i knew that we that ultimately someday and we're still working toward it that we will have original content mm. but but i also needed to this learn this is original content and, if, and it is technically speaking yeah yeah, this, this is, but all our, all these words we're speaking have been said by other people <laughs> in the past verbatim. So this is all <laughs> this is all scripted. We're reading a script right now. Um, still votary media. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's 2016. So bring us to. We're very close to Jono at this point. So close. And Jono yeah. was so serious when I met him for, at first. I had no idea that Jono was so effortlessly sarcastic and funny. Like Are you sure it was 2017, not six, not the summer of 16? He said it with in? confidence, I believe. Yeah, it was it was 2017. All right. Um, because I graduated college, worked at another production company for a year uh, and a half, which brings me to 2017. Right. Okay. Yep. And you started off in, like we almost always do, in either uh, we o- almost always do a internship or freelance r- relationship. Yeah, and freelance. you were a freelance. And you just started killing it. How, from, how did you connect? What, what was the first? I <coughs> so I had worked at a local company uh, in Worcester that was media, and I looked up competitors just to know mm. what what we were facing. And I so I saw this. this Didn't super find much. Jamin hit that <laughs> button. The <laughs> no, hit the red one. Oh, the red one. Yep. Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Here we get to the juicy part of this. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, wow. so we um, so w- we saw this super broken website that was like the tabs didn't even work and all. That. And so the company I was working at was there was a lot of web development, and so they were making fun of this website. 
So anyway, six is this mo- true? Yeah. Oh S- my so gosh. So six months goes by and the website improves. <gasps> I think Jamin was the one doing it. Um, and it looked really good. And I was like, yo, they have such a cool style. I really like them. So when I transi- transitioned to freelance, I was like, I'm going to just call them. Oh, uh, so I, I just called that's them. So, that is juicy. I know. That's I just juicy. called Those them like days. on the phone, like past 5 p.m. Um, just the actual number that was on Google and Jed picks up after like 13 rings. <laughs> he's like sleepy. He's like, so he's like, hello. So I'm like, oh, hi, Jeb. Um, you know, not even knowing his correct name. <laughs> I think I can't remember if it was Jeb or Jed or whatever. And so he, I give him my Jeb information, email him. Um, and he has me come into the office just to, to chat. So he looks up my stuff and sees it all. But yeah, my, my first experience with Votary was so visceral. Like <laughs> I feel like it was, I feel like I was stepping into another world. Cause I was, I was in this corporate, very polished, very like not, not, uh, you know, authentic storytelling and like all, you know, I, I definitely wanted to move into the space of like, um, creativity and being being able to you know work on sets and do series and do all this different stuff and not just do talking heads over green screen. Mm. So I, I I drive up and the sign on the building is on the opposite side that you're mm-hmm. supposed to go into. So then it said marketing and design. So I'm like, you know, it's still like probably still does. Right? Yeah, it's probably still there. So it's in our old our there. old building at Harlow. So then you know it's. it's 80 degrees I'm dripping with sweat and then this woman opens up the door and leads me up this lush dank <laughs> damp hallway that's dripping with sw- smells <laughs> so we get, I get up to the top and and then I get led through this art gallery with branches and demonic mm. uh, art statues and Not all these our art no it wasn't ours it was the art gallery it was all these crazy looking <laughs> rats, rats on the wall. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it was pretty spooky to be honest. Um and then I get into so th- that was the art gallery and then next to the art gallery is a small tiny door that says votary. And in there it's at least a hundred degrees with no <laughs> AC and one fan blowing and there's Tallinn and Ben and Jamin and Mike and Jed and I just brought in some donuts and I didn't even know who was who. <laughs> and they so had liquefied. And I actually recognized Talene because I had seen her on Skyscope, um, which was a company that was bought out. So I recognized her from seeing their videos and, and, and their website. Little plug so I was like, okay, I kind of know. I know, right? A shout out like, to Talene. Yeah. When you hear this, Talene, we love you and we miss you. Yes. Come back to us. So she was very warm and everyone was very warm, but they were all like these super like, high-tech hippies i would describe them like <laughs> you know smoking pipes and <laughs> twirling mustaches and whoa doing we smoked pipes on the regular yeah, yeah. doing <laughs> with the big door open you know oh, that beard was wax so and thin rim glasses kombucha and boots and like it was so funny i was just like what is going on and but it was cool and i was like i'm totally into it and then i don't as i alluded to earlier remember any of my interview i feel like you remember I rem- that happened. I remember you. <laughs> I just remember walking away and then being like, here's the information to log into our email in Slack and Boxer. Here's my social security number and go ahead and take out a, a loan <laughs> if you need it. And <laughs> like just being so trusting just and wide open. open. <laughs> and being like, wow, that was cool. I think I, I think I just got adopted or something. Yeah. 
Well, this like, is what I'm I'll your say. dad now. <laughs> <laughs> I have five boys and you're the sixth. Welcome. <laughs> so Jed interviewed I s- you, and then <laughs> oh, yeah, I, like, I, I, I for some reason, friends. interviewed you yeah. on my own, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, no, we were doing, we were doing like, leadership interviews. Oh, you were, we you were, were like, to, you were like. We were trying to be legit. You were like. So Once you pass this, let me know how this goes. Were you intentionally? Were you guys at this time like we need we need to build the team? We need more. Film? Yes. Okay. So you were lo- you were looking, and then yeah. so when John reached out, you were like, "Come on in," because because you were on the on the hunt. When we went to Salt and Pepper mm-hmm. for at your actual like interview get mm-hmm. together, there's a little cafe that we went to. I knew that we were more similar than maybe you knew, probably yeah. because I had Googled the snot out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I knew where you went to church. Oh, I man. knew I was like, this did you find man. his old YouTube from high school? I didn't find that, oh, but I did. I, that maybe, I did find <laughs> old videos. <laughs> I did <laughs> find old videos. You, but I, I was like, he's a man of faith, just like me. I think we have a lot in common, and uh, and I loved your work. I had already seen your work, so it was a no brainer for for me. Mm. So you really had the upper hand. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yep. So, John, you, but you started as a freelancer. Yeah. So, point. I actually uh, walked away from that meeting with a, oh, Talene will contact you. And here's our Slack and login. And here's our email and our Voxer and our <laughs> text line and <laughs> all that stuff. So, then I, I go and then they uh, hit me up and say, here's um, 16, no, it was uh, 16, but possibly up to 24 edits for UMass. Uh, you know, that needs to be done, uh, you know, in the next hour. <laughs> so I say, uh, okay, I guess I'll just stay up all night for <laughs> three days straight and do all this work. Do you remember your first uh, projects? I think it was that one. And you then asked, um, yeah. I ended up shooting for Norton and shooting for Tuna Wars and then editing for Tuna Wars. Yep. Norton was one of your first um, projects then. It was actually Norton shoot and handover. Yeah. We didn't edit oh. it. It wasn't actually Norton was my f- the actual one that we produced was the first time I directed right internally. So I directed. Uh, and so shot I've never, se- I don't think I've ever seen the original Norton. Then. Well, Norton, the they, one that you shot, you can look it up, but it was, they just wanted footage gotcha. of their factories. Ah. It was pretty boring. Mm-hmm. I still think that your video is one of the, one of the best ones. Oh, it was a great piece. It was a game changer. When you did the, the Norton, you know, you actually had thought out sequences and it was well lit and we, we, we tag teamed on it, but mostly your aesthetic was you dialed it in. And then when you came back with the edit, you know, it was just like, this is, you know, it was just, it was just on the level that, that we knew that we wanted and had had before when we were doing more narrative stuff and then had gone away from. You guys had a huge backlog of like, a, like again, uh, I think Mike said it, like you were just so calm and cool under pressure. And then like I come on, you're like, yeah, we actually have, um, 30 projects <laughs> that are due and we're just not doing them. Uh, so we should probably do that. And then Josh came on right before me. Right. So Josh was um. directing operations. So it was like Jamin and, jo- and then the sales of, you know, uh, Ben Farber, shout out, Talian, shout out, you know, so it, right. was, it was, it was this whole it was a team. culmination of, of it a became small team. a team pretty much in that year. That was really yeah. like, mm-hmm. it that was probably up. the largest that we've ever been other than now. Yeah. Right. Actually, was that more people than now? No, it was probably depends how you how you larger quali- depends how you team. qualify that. So I think. larger sales team, That's three right. people only working on sales. I mean, well, we we would direct too, but that's we still haven't gone back. Yeah. To that. So as far as sales go, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. we haven't gotten past two yeah. lately, and mostly just Mike. <laughs> yeah. But 
But that's actually part of the lesson that was learned at that time too. Yeah, like I think who could sell and who couldn't and who, who would last in it as opposed to just have to go on to do other things. Well, or it, it, there's no, there's no guidebook of like how to make this work. Like how, how as, as creative people or filmmakers, like does it make sense to have people devoted to sales only? Right. And we kind of, for us, we're like, I, I, I don't think so. No. I think it makes more sense to be, working on uh, a lot of different creative things and, and creating more and putting that out there. Yeah. And then once you have the sale, you're able to talk through all the details that they're going to have questions. Yeah, about. that's right. Like, well, we're not, so we don't sell, we're not selling widgets. We're not selling yeah. like a product. We're selling <coughs> a process and a, a, it's so much more in depth than you just need to follow a playbook. Yeah. It's like, you need to understand what it, what it actually takes to, to make a film beginning to end in order to actually get someone to buy in. Yeah. And just <coughs> getting, getting to know them, asking more questions mm -hmm. and not jumping into, this is how much it costs for this type of video. And like, right. It's, yeah. It's not that even straight. Know, it's not, yeah, yeah. You don't even know if that video is going to like, you know, deliver what the result they want. Get to understand the result and why. Tell um, me this pen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think a vulnerable thing for me to talk about, about that time was crewing up and adding that many, um, team members and just learning so much about how to even just interact or relate with a team and know what to do to keep growing because we did plateau and became and had trouble. Yeah. Um, we, we got to the place where our expenses, the team expenses outweighed what was coming in for sales and, and pro, you know, profit margins weren't there. And thankfully at that time, certain people who were the most expensive team members just said, hey, I got different stuff going on in life. I got to go this way. And they, they exited, and it was like, oh, my God, thank you that that even worked. <laughs> thank you for and, and And we've stayed great friends, and we stayed in contact, and that's all good. But it was like, at that time, it was really eye-opening to me that we had to transition to um, offering services, offering services a different way. Like, for example... Un, unlike because because all the way up to that time and still we're doing quite a few one-offs but we that's was after that we plateaued with that that we transitioned over to doing to have to starting to create more monthly partnerships yeah and the monthly partnerships some type of regular money that started that that process of learning okay how do we serve how do we take clients from from just becoming repeat customers over to actual partners that we can serve ongoing and, and part of it was being nimble i think we didn't want to you know i remember coming on and trying to get a grasp for how jed how you ran the company and how the team worked and how what the business model was and it was like let's be nimble and small and able to shift and grow yeah. and you know that that's where we have collective and people we trust and lean on as opposed to bloating up our overheads with this huge team that you know we get stressed if if this month isn't going to meet um a certain threshold and you know it's kind of like votary's best qualities it is also the worst because <laughs> when jed started the company it wasn't i want to start a company and here's the business model and here's the plan and here's how we're going to do it and and then start doing it you know it was out of necessity and it was out of passion and then 14 years later or whatever let's oh let's build in process and let's build in data and let's build in measurables and let's right. put a good team in and let's put in the things that maybe should have been done earlier, but clearly the quality and the passion was good enough to 
bring us to where we are today. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the parallel between learning how to build a sustainable business, <laughs> the parallel was we started offering services to companies that needed to build a, a more sustainable business. It's like, you know, I start, I didn't know what, what companies needed until I needed it myself. Yeah. You know? So, well, yeah, I, I think it was, it was like every step of the way we were changing because out of necessity, but also like the market changed right. with us. And there was like more of a, you know, just like supply and demand, I guess right. like the, the, the transition from full service marketing and agencies, it's like, well, it's like, Maybe you want someone to specialize in something. Maybe that's actually going to drive better results for the company. You know, if, if, if you're hiring them and then it's like, oh, video. Okay. Like, but maybe it's someone who specializes in a particular type of video and it's like, oh, that's interesting. Like then we started doing that and it's like, so did the market started shifting in the retainer model. It's like, yep. that's fine. It's like, as we were really needing that more than ever, it's just like makes sense for a business. It also was like, hey, this makes sense for companies and there are companies doing it. It's like we need to not just like slap a brand story on our, our website and then be like, now the leads are going to come pouring <laughs> yeah. in. It's like maybe we should be doing this every week. And maybe this whatever. brings us closer to when Corey joined the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey. But You're going to tell the audience that okay, his so name's Corey so and then everyone's going to start. Corey is a cool guy, um, good looking, <laughs> you know, very talented. Um, He's o- oceanic. But I, I, blue I remember eyes you'll just get lost. Oh, in steely hours. blue eyes. Just steely oh my goodness. Blue. Uh, okay, we don't we don't want to. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, I, re- I do remember when Jed. What were you saying? Can we get a close up? <laughs> Can we zoom in on here? When Jed really started focusing on the vision of the company and sales, it was like that's what he's good at. Like he can get into all. You know, he could be on every shoot and he could do all this stuff. But when he could just delegate that stuff to us. And just focus on selling really cool content and that content gets seen by more people and they are like, wow, I want a documentary that looks like that or a series um, that looks like that. And so we just started getting more and more work that was where we wanted to go. So it's like, you know, um, exponential growth really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was because he was able to just sell and, you know, talk to his contacts and be the visionary of the company and now just focus on what also you Also right in this, this time period was the, official switch to votary films That's back right. back to votary films yeah yep so what how and there was a full rebrand and everything yeah, i'm not that. a very strong persuasive person but i remember <laughs> walking away from a conference that we went to in london and being like yeah jed our font sucks on our logo <laughs> yeah <laughs> and being like dude please let us change it <laughs> and and i had i was like oblivious i'm like fine the logo's great whatever and to hear jono mm. who i trusted and loved his creativity so much to be like this isn't us. It's like, just let me we need talk to different. someone outside of our What was the yeah. exact wording you used? Do you remember? I was like, I think it looks like 2000. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you you said, it's it could be a little bit dated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was probably like, so like, That's what I was nice looking for. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. <laughs> but, but the big thing was that you asked for us to work with someone outside the company and i was just like we have so much creativity right here why would we ever need to do that but it turned out to be the best thing because it took us and that's when i actually after that situation of going through a process with a logo designer i realized we gotta get away from our own like step away and be be work on the business and be objective and work with other people who are different that's right not be so granular. <laughs> well, we tried designing our own r- 
redesigning the logo, like each of us would just like work like like a little yep. our little corner and be like, well, this is why this is the best. And one. it was never right, never never just right. But Phil, shout out to Phil, he actually made um, he took our advice he's, or our direction. We said we want a evolution yep. from where we were at, but not. We don't want it to feel. We want it to be feel different enough to where it's the new us. We all loved the brand, but it was more our clients that loved our brand. They loved the feel and the look of Votary, and when we would be able to, you know, we never really talked openly about like, you know, it's a wing, and it's you know, we're taking our clients to new level. You know, we started like saying like, why do we actually like the symbol? Like it's fire, and it's a wing, and it's you know, shows that we're passionate and creative, and um, you know, it's like all those things that we liked, but then we looked at it and we were like oh, it's so busy and it's, you know, um, maybe it's outdated and it's not, it could be better. It could be, it doesn't need a reboot. It needs uh, an evolution. Right. And so, yeah, we went through that process. We changed the name at that yeah, time. So that what, was a big deal. Yeah, so why, that you, that had to have been a, a conversation unless it was something that you knew you were going to do for a while. Well, we talked, we batted around a couple different <laughs> names, but really just settled on exactly what, the way that it was born, Votary Films, because we're like, we're going to make films. Series are films. You know, ultimately, feature films are, are, are films. The films that we make for our customers that are short, they're still film. There's no reason not to call it Votary Films. And ultimately, the shift to film production and storytelling via film production was, uh, was complete with that. Yeah, I mean, you changed it to media out of necessity of wanting to be able to offer all these other things right and then once we weren't offering those things anymore go back it's just like well simple as that yeah this is it didn't feel as simple as that in the time but really looking back on it well it's like years years between that so right and And then uh what it was our branding that brought you in or out me yeah (laughs) tell your story all right this is cody cody womble not Corey. Corey (laughs) wamble not not (laughs) Corey womble yeah, whatever. Say it, I'm Corey. <laughs> no, yeah, I, you, <laughs> you can call anybody anything you want, Jono. 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 Yeah, so I'll um, I'll just give a little bit of, of my story and coming coming in first first interactions. So, um, my so I w- I went to film school. I always knew I wanted to get into film production. And went to film school at Boston University and graduated in 2014. Yeah. And um, I was at the time, while I was going to school, I was working in uh, AV, audiovisual uh, integration. I was basically, a, I installed AV systems. And um, when I, I was like, I got to get, I got to be in film. I got to start doing production one way or the other. Like went to film school. I know it's what I want to do. And my company that I was working at the time used to do broadcast work, uh, but it was it was the same job but on the broadcast side. So it was in, it was installing and building studios, production studios, and so I jumped over to that side of the company because it was closer to what I wanted to do. It was closer to production, and it was objectively an awesome job. I was I was 20 years old. I was making a ton of money. I didn't. I still don't appreciate how much money I was making at that time. Um, and I, but the flip side of it was that it wasn't, it wasn't scratching that creative itch and, uh, and kind of on the same, same thing with Jed, like 
I am very much an entrepreneur. I, I, my whole family are business owners and that that's always been in me as well. And so I was kind of living that like crazy working for the man type thing where I was, I was working like 80, 80 hours a week and I was miserable. So, um, against many people's better judgment, I, I decided to leave that company and, uh, I just said, I'm going to just start being a filmmaker <laughs> and you know, this is, it's, it's a, a lot of the same things that Jed talked about. It's like when you just decide to go out and start from scratch with like, you just, you just make that decision one day and then it's like, okay, like, what do I do now? How do I get, even get this started? So, um, I had no gear. I had no prospects. I had just told my, I gave my company notice. So I had about a month or so to like basically contract for them and figure something out. So I started, um, I, I kind of intentionally said like, I know that weddings are, there's a big market in wedding films and it's the kind of thing that if I, if I do it, I know I can build it quickly. Um, and you get to see true love. <laughs> and so, and, and just a note, like I, I had known that not only did I want to get to film production, but I also was very much more drawn to doc style film production than, than anything else. And so weddings kind of fit that mold. And so I did, I, I started tackling weddings. I just told friends and family that like, Hey, like I want to make, you know, wedding films, if you know anything, whatever. So, uh, turning point was a friend, a friend of mine, his older brother was getting married and they asked me like, Hey, are you doing weddings or films? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, um, so it was like the third wedding I ever shot. And I, uh, <laughs> and I had this kind of inspiration to interview them in the wedding film as a part of the wedding film on a day other than the wedding. And so I kind of, I kind of told their story and it was more about their relationship than just their wedding. And when I did that, a lot of people liked it and my wedding business so that I did like three weddings that first year I did that wedding. And as a result of that wedding, I booked like 10 right away. And I was like, Oh snap, like this can work. And it just grew so quickly within that first year uh, to where I had more weddings than I even knew what to do with in a very short amount of time. And so I, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Like I just set out and started doing this and now I'm totally like paying the bills doing video, which w prior to that felt like a completely unknown possibility. Like I didn't know I could do that. And so I had done that for two years just doing the wedding thing. And then I would take like a corporate gig here or there, or I would, I would jump in on larger productions, P like doing PA work and stuff like that. Um, and freelancing, just doing, doing the one man thing. And I was doing well and felt like I had just spent the prior six years working for a company. And I never wanted to do that again. Cause it was just, I, I was loving the, the autonomy and the freedom and, um, really what I was, what I was debating was how big do I want to make this? Do I want to keep going on my own and just like be, be, have this freedom and be comfortable or do I want to scale up and build a production company? And, um, 
so this was this was fast forward to 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 my first encounter with votary um so i'm actually when i think about it now it's crazy to me that i didn't know about votary until i did like i feel like i should have known about the votary years ago 2019 yeah this is this was may of 2019 so about uh, a little over a year ago yeah, you really climb the ladder quick. <laughs> and, it, and now it's Corey Films. <laughs> so Incredible. it's incredible. So I changed our name again. <laughs> That's what this podcast is is here to yeah, reveal. Minority shareholder now. <laughs> so so when I here's the story, the actual story. My church is Oh, this is a true one? This is a real story. <laughs> this is a true story. This is, this is the actual story of how I how I found out about about Votary. So I w- my church is right there, right down the street. And I for been going there for 10 years and would drive down 290 to, to, to and from Worcester three or four times a week. And this one day last May, I'm driving home on a Sunday after church and on 290 East and I something catches my eye on this little LED sign that's on the corner of this brick building off of 290. And I see the words meaningful films and and I'm like, what the hell is meaningful films? And then I see Votary pop up, and that was a that was probably a 10 second time frame for me to actually see that sign before I passed it. And I wonder how many times I don't know when that sign first went up. It's actually amazing, Rachel, because the building had never, right, ever let us put our. Right. They randomly just offered, "Do you want to put your?" Yeah. So how long do you think it had been up? A Honestly, month. a month. A month once maybe. Okay. So in that two months, so in that month time span, I would say it's safe to assume I drove by it at least fifty times. Yeah, but there was kitchen sinks and <laughs> right random other things. So on so there. whatever the odds are of the timing of me seeing this ad, and so I saw meaningful films, and when I saw that, I was like, "What meaningful films? Like that sounds like something I would write on something. Like that's just was kind of spoke to me." And so while driving, I googled votary. And um, found the website. Don't do that at so home. Yeah, kids. don't don't drive. I it. have to know now. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't do that. I, I just hey, when you were that I was that, that it piqued like, my interest. I was like, what is it's that? a vulnerable moment? Like, yeah. That sounds exactly like me. I broke the law. So um, yeah. So then I found the website and I uh watched a couple of videos while you're driving. While driving, I don't Crash. know. If, I, I don't know. What <laughs> for sure, while he was driving, it's probably true. Yeah, well, yeah. I must be authentic. I was probably driving. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell true stories here, Corey. So I watched a couple of the videos from the website, and I was like, "Damn, these are really good!" Like, and started reading the all the stuff on the website about us. And it was funny because I'm looking at the the pictures of all the people on the website, and I'm like, "I'm like, they don't exactly seem like my people." It was very similar to, to your description. I was like, "These guys look like." Like hippy dippy art artsy types, <laughs> like Mike, Mike with his his twisted up mustache and Jamin with his hair down to like past his shoulders and his, his ankles. Yeah, <laughs> and every everybody just looks so like hipster hipstery. Why didn't you talk about my hair right then? <laughs> well, Jed, well, he was a th- uh, you know the fish out of water. Yeah, you you like looked a, the most normal. Okay. I was like, there's no way he's the owner. And I also thought that based on the picture, okay. uh, based on the picture of Jed, I thought that he was like. Like a big guy, like a big, like I thought he was like six two or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, we just flayed his ego. Well, we, he, 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 and I don't mean that it, it doesn't mean anything. I thought he was like 
I'll good take looking. You anytime, Corey. <laughs> so, it's, anyways, it's, it's funny. There's something about those photos because the same thing happened when I met Nicole for the first time. She's like, I thought you were like chubby, and then I met you, and you're like, you, just, you all look so fat. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, well, I was double my weight, so yeah. So you came in. So, so I, I emailed on the spot. Five, I, five, I emailed five. the the info um, email and said, hey, uh, that exact story, like you know. And I'm really interested in your work. It's it's really like basically what I, basically what I said was, you guys are, your guys are like you have in your films what I'm aiming for. Oh yeah, you like, email was you like emailed. I was like <laughs> everything I've ever watched. What I said was, can uh, I please <laughs> just meet you? I can just remember, meet you once. I can remember Bullshit. Mike reading the email. You know what? We into the room. It. F this. I'm gonna just find it. No, we deleted that it? email. We said, <laughs> Mike, I probably have it Mike read it out person. loud, and I was like, oh, man, someone saw the bill. Because you're describing it like a little sign, but it's actually a big, pretty big billboard on the, billboard on the side of the building. It's okay, just far right here. from far away. Check it out. Oh, you have it as your background? Wow, you found it fast. Well, no, I remember because I remember I put meaningful films. He in the saved it, in his special folder. He had folder. it ready oh for god. this podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah, Not even sure. I can't wait to tell my story today. Photography was nothing before me. So No, I'm going to read you the email. So I, it's uh, the subject line says, quote, meaningful films caught my eye. Mm -hmm. I said, hey there. Yesterday I was driving yeah, home from church on 290 East and saw an LED sign that said meaningful films. I drive this route almost every day, so I don't know how I never noticed it before. I immediately Googled <laughs> votary films <laughs> and found your website and instantly felt connected to the work you're doing. I'm a 27-year-old freelance filmmaker. I've been doing it full time since 2015. Ba-ba-ba. Um, Will you marry me? Yeah. I kind of just, you know, pump my own tires here what for it, a minute. Um, <laughs> you don't want to read that part. Well, I just, I, I already just talked about it. Um, yeah, it's been going pretty well and I've learned a lot, but I want to get better and I want to be a part of telling more stories through film. This is why I'm emailing because I love the way you approach your films, making it about people and their passions and relationships instead of products, services, and sales. That's what got me. Yep. Me too. It, it's about real life and authentic connections as opposed to material slash worldly success. Yeah. You can tell there's yeah. a you can tell that there's a genuine interest and care that goes into your work. I'm wondering if you'd be open to meeting or having a phone call. I'd like to learn more about your company and to explore the possibilities of working with you in some capacity if you have a need. Um, yes, I don't mind that you look like hippies. Here's a few. Yeah, even though you look stupid, I like the <laughs> <laughs> I like the work, uh, and I sent some examples of my work. I remember um, seeing those those wedding videos and being like, "Oh, he's uh, he going was, heavy on the story." Yeah, you were was your wedding videos. Your wedding videos were among some you know some of the best we'd ever seen. Oh, so we we're like, "Oh, he's got the he's got the chops as a cinematographer." And then you mixed in the, the documentary. Do you story want me to, Do you want me to read the two responses yeah. from Mike and Jed? Expose. Oh, oh my, my! Oh boy, Jed's okay. like, "Come over to my house tonight." I was probably like, "Jed's has a photo <laughs> what? attached." <laughs> Whatevs. Sounds on good. <laughs> Sounds good. Cheers, cool. Jed. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> so Mike says, Hey Cody, thanks for reaching out to us. It's exciting to hear that this is because of our sign and our new slogan. I hope your Googling wasn't too immediate while on the highway. Ha ha. <laughs> Called him out. Um which church do you attend if you don't mind me asking? Thanks so much for the compliments. Judging from your work, you understand what we're going for. You, your use of wider lenses, patient pacing, and emotional tone while utilizing natural lighting are all pretty similar to our style. All the shots were outdoors. Um, <laughs> I love the natural I love lighting. The natural lighting outside. <laughs> We'd love to have you over the office to meet the team. Let me know. And then I think Jed. I think Jed followed up. It's not too embarrassing. Yeah. 
Well, Jen, I, I don't. I guess it's not in this thread. Maybe you created a new email to reach out to me. But I think you, so. You said. Um, I think I forwarded this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you said basically come in on Monday and have a beer. That's yep. basically what you said. Yep. And and so I was like, man, these guys are checking boxes one by one. Like I like the work. Beer. I can't believe they're right in Worcester. And then he led with beer on a Monday morning, <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. <laughs> I have my first email from Jed. Uh oh. <laughs> I'd like to meet sometime soon. Holy crap. How about Thursday around noon, Jed? <laughs> that was good. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. So yeah, you were like you some of my best work. Jed, Jed said something like, "Hey, love the wedding work. Um, something like really nice or whatever." And then you're like, "Come on in on Monday and have a beer." I was like, "Cool." So I did. I came in, and um, it, this is funny. This is also true. Thanks I um, I'm trying to tell a lot of truths. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. Tell your truth. Bro. So I was, I was like, I wonder what this place is going to look like. Cause I know the neighborhood and it's sketchy as hell. And I'm like, what is this area? And I'm like, if I, I was like, what if, I think I actually said this to Malia, my wife. I was like, I don't come back. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I said, I said, what if I go there and like, <clears throat> there's like ping pong tables and like beer on tap. Like I literally said these things to her. Because I was like envisioning what would be a I- Nintendo Switch. <laughs> what would be ideal for me? And so, just like you explained, I go to the wrong door. I'm texting like, "Hey, like, where do I where do I go? What and the f? Yeah, like, <laughs> you're like, oh, like, it's okay. This happens to literally everyone. Yeah, go to the other door. I'm like, and uh, walk through the gallery, and I'm like, what? This is just so strange. And then open the door to the office, and I'm immediately greeted by Harvey, which is like another box check, mm. like. Most perfect golden retriever greets you at the door, and you're like, "What?" Just so happy to see you. And uh, hey, what do you want? Coffee or beer? And I think <laughs> I went with coffee. It was, so. it was like Monday. Responsible. Um, Boring. <laughs> but that, but the, but I skipped the part when I walk in, and there's like seven ping pong tables out in the gallery, and I was like, "What is this?" And like, I just love. I've always loved ping pong, and I just thought like a ping pong table at work would be ideal. So that was like a really funny thing that that was there. And then basically sat down and talked with Jed and Jono for like two hours and just kind of talked about work and style and everything that we talk about. When just a people. lot of truths. Just so many truths. And, and then uh, I, I got to meet with you separately later on because I don't, for some reason wasn't there that day. Yeah. Right. And then yeah, you were it was dub- just me and you. Is that true? I, I remember. I mean, I know I that. Think so. I know that we got lunch together early on. But no, af- after that. Um, yeah, so then, I mean, we're getting towards towards current day, but um, it was basically like a six month courtship, I would yeah. call it. Where <laughs> so we're courting, yeah. You. So so we met we met that first day, and and I get a text that afternoon from Jed saying, "Hey, when can I take you out to lunch?" <laughs> and I was like, uh, "I don't know, whenever." And he goes, "Tomorrow." And I was like, "Okay." And then worked with Bethany and worked with Corey. Did Jed is that? Jed, <laughs> Jag have learned a lot from Jed about um, the power of connection, like the power of like early and often if you're if you're like whether it's a prospect for a sale or if it's yeah. just, you know, someone that you know, it's just like you can't overstate the value of FaceTime, mm. like not the app, like actually face to face interaction and getting to know someone and like building relationship. That's been a huge thing that I've actually started doing that I never would before. I would always like, if I was going to meet someone, I would have like a very specific reason for it. But I've learned, 
I think through observation here that it's like if someone says they, they're interested or they they want to meet, just say, yeah, come on by. And totally. that's it. Like he doesn't have mm-hmm. to be, in, you know, and like, and so many good things have flown out of that approach yeah. you, before you were like, when I need you, I'll <laughs> no, it's like, well, why would you come by? Like what, you know what I mean? Like that would be my, <laughs> For no- what? I don't need you. So why <laughs> that would be my natural thing. It's like, well, what, what are we going to talk about? Like, what's the point? Right. But what I've learned is that just, yeah. just connecting is, is a really good thing. Um, <clears throat> that's the idea behind, behind this. Kind yeah, you because you don't know, you just don't know who's gonna what it's gonna lead to. If you're watching this, um, you know we're, we just want to connect with you. Just glad you're here. Yeah, watching. Like, oh, so I just was thinking about each, each other. <laughs> like, oh, let's just, oh, just yeah. film it. Yeah. <laughs> For, so about so it was it was six months of um, kind of the typical votary story where I would kind of pop in and out, open door policy with Jed, come by anytime, um, and. Also open door. Hey, you're in all of our apps. Here's a key to the to the office. And I was like, "What is this? Like, like wh- you guys pulled that?" I, I I was I just kicked the door open and then <laughs> it was just open for you guys to just here's our bank account. I was like, info. "Why? Why am I in this all hands chat? I don't know any of these people." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like Apparently like you're hand. on the website. You didn't even get, you didn't even give him your photo. There's like a photo of you like in the corner like taken through. And the, then within the a couple firm. weeks, he just hands me some keys. <laughs> I'm like, this guy has let me into this company. I guess I'm hired? Yeah, like, um, I was like, just... Do I get any money? <laughs> it's just so unusual, right? And at the time, I, I had all, I had so many weddings booked all the way through the fall that I was like, I, honestly, even maybe except for, like, the occasional odd job, I'm not going to, like, work with you for a while. But, you know, like, I'll kind of pop in and out throughout the summer and just get to know you guys and, like we'll just see what happens and we'll talk, you know, and we would talk about here and there, the idea of working together and stuff like that. Um, and at that time I wanted to hire you so bad and Votary was in a drought financially. Mm. We were trying to come out of a, a tough, uh, one of the, one of the valleys. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and that email too, that I sent it, it's crazy because it wasn't as though I was sending emails to other companies. Like, I wasn't looking for anything. Yeah. So I just saw that sign and saw the work and and I was like, I gotta reach out to these guys. And and was not looking for work at all. Like was totally content but but did want to connect. Um so it was it was definitely like a it was definitely like a authentic, organic, totally. crazy thing that happened. So yeah. Glad you're here, buddy. Oh, buddy. Yeah. And then, if I may tell some more of your story, because it'll kind of come up a little more to the present day. Mm-hmm. You you and I were similar in our entrepreneurial spirit and worked out. Um, the perfect timing was that uh, we had already started this thing tr- called Traction, which is EOS Traction, and it really helped us see what roles would be fitting for what. Because... Clearly, you could jump in in sales and did and have done well in sales. Clearly, you could jump in as a leader in production and have. Um, but the pretty much the perfect fitting role came pre- pretty early on, actually. I um, remember w- when when we started doing that and then yeah. he was coming, you know, during that courtship time of popping in and out. And then we were trying to figure out who goes in what role. Right. And then I was doing the integrating, which is kind of like right. the, the drum beater. You know, you go around and you make sure everything's on track. And um, Jay can just be freed up to dream and think where the company should go. And I was like, I like this. Like, it's fun. Um, but, like, after, like, four meetings with Cody, I was like, 
Oh yeah, he's <laughs> way better than me. At well, that's, that's he's gonna, gonna be. He's gonna be well, the new integrator. Like I, I was like, I don't even know. To your credit, you were you were doing a good job at it. Like I'm not blowing smoke by saying that you were doing a good job at it. But it was clear that it wasn't the thing that you loved the most. Mm-hmm. You know, you you're so passionate as a as a uh, a I don't want to say right brain storyteller, creative type, but it is. It's like the the creativity in you has to get out continually. And well, you're also such a good filmmaker that if that's not what you're primarily focusing on, it's kind of a waste. It's right. Like, uh, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> but I'll well, just say this though, I, that kind of, I think what kind of pushed us in this direction was I was very open and like to Jed's credit too. Like I was, I was able to be very open and honest about my perceptions of, of votary and like what I liked and then what I didn't like. And he was not the least bit defensive or close to that. Like he was very open to like me just being like, look, this is what I see. And he like, he just let me, he let me speak into that, which, you know, we had just getting to know each other. So that was huge. Um, And I essentially, as we were, as the conversation started to go down the road of like what working together would look like, um, I was just pretty honest and said, look, if I were to ever actually work for Votary, a lot of things that I'm seeing would have to be different. Like, <laughs> fire Jono. Um, I was heartbroken. No, like, because what, what I loved about it was that, first of all, I was like, how, how do they do the work as well as they do, given what I'm seeing in terms of, like, lack of process... <laughs> lack of organization like but to me that we was, weren't gonna say we agreed we weren't gonna say that Cody. well that w- but in a way though it's it wasn't discouraging it was actually encouraging Stephen, please make one to edit broken this camera with like a couple <laughs> the, lenses the fact that from the, the fact that you guys were delivering on such a high quality where you were at just goes to show the talent and the potential of where it could go that's yeah. how i saw it i was like this they only need a few things to change and they're they could be on a whole nother level real quick in truth, we we have attracted really creative, but process-wise, fairly sloppy people for years. Uh, I am not ultra organized. I'm a dreamer, and I'm just like you know. I can when I put my hands to the craft, it turns out beautiful. But when it comes to organizing processes, that's not that hasn't been so many creatives are, are that way. Though. Like if you're a filmmaker or an artist, and you're listening to this you uh, it's like that's what i walked into was a a group of very talented very creative people and so there was there were the shortcomings that that Mm. that come along with that i think for me i always pride myself on on personal organization and personal file structure and personally like staying organized but never having any work experience other than for like family business worked for my dad worked for a family-owned company and the one place i worked that was a it was actually a leasing apartment company here in worcester uh, right out of college just to just to get by they had insane disorganization no training i had Mm -hmm. to figure out myself how to do everything so never working anywhere that had that i probably didn't even really understand what process was what systems were i didn't even understand any of that so jed and i were figuring that out like Mm -hmm. what does it even look like to i don't know like have a onboarding process what does it even look like to like the idea of of standardizing something so that you could grow as a company was like a new idea to me right like that was like something i had never learned never went 
heard about business school. Um, you know, the closest I ever came to it was just working the front desk at my dad's business and right. just taking calls. So then when, when Cody comes in and he's worked at another company, he is process driven. He is someone who can, you know, um, give it to you straight and not care if uh, people <laughs> hate him uh, for it, you know, and, you know, he doesn't care that I hate him, um, <laughs> which is a great, great personality trait. Uh, he's able to, to kind of push forward with these things and, and his past experiences and, you know, he's very skilled. No, it, it, it was just a good fit. It, I think that yeah. it was just a good fit because the, all the most important things for me were there. Like, again, I did not think I was ever going to work for another company again. So, it, it says a lot that that it, that even meeting you guys cha- started me thinking in a different way, um, and so yeah, so I think it's been it'll be a year f- of me actually full time on the team in November. Yep. So we're almost there. Yep. Oh. Um, well, so I think this is a great spot to to pause. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think we're about to get into the next chapter, yeah, which is moving to the space. Yeah. Tune in next new, time to new, hear about that. New vision. And yeah, a good, yeah, that's COVID. a good point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And all yeah. that stuff. Because right now I feel like we did like introductions. And uh, also I want to say that we're up, we're going to not just talk about ourselves. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> I think this is a great. Before like, we move on, I definitely want to. First chapter. Uh, though. We, we've talked about a little bit, but I wanted to draw attention to something that was the culture that Votary's always had. And I feel like when I came in, it was never defined. Mm. But that was something that spoke to me, you know, even just Jamin, Jamin saying to me, here at Votary, we're always improving. And we had this award of like, who's improved the most and little things like that were something that spoke to me. And, and clearly, Cody, and, you know, this is something that attracted you, even though Jed was just by himself in a garage, as creepy as that sounds. <laughs> you were just like, <laughs> I, I want, very attracted to you know, Jed his culture his of, of <laughs> patience and openness was, was something that brought you to it. And I think as well for you, seeing that he mm. was open to criticism, open to improvement. Yeah. I think it's actually probably for, hopefully for all of us, transition to like personal things too. Because I know myself, it's made me, you know, not having the constraints of, of, you know, yes, we work hard and yes, we do our best and yes, we hit deadlines and all this stuff. But not having this culture that is overbearing and not trusting has freed me up to, you know, with having the grace from people who work here and, you know, for me personally to want to set goals in my life and improve. And it's, it's like when you have a, a healthy work culture. Yeah. I guess I would just say, um, uh, appreciate it and definitely blessed by it. Cause it transfers into my personal life of wanting to push myself and be better. And yes, as a filmmaker, but also as a husband and a, d- and a new dad and all these different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think authenticity is, is a good word cause that's what I saw. Yeah. You know, like there's like, there's nothing fake at here, you know, with, with the people, like everyone is just very open and honest and vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's no, like, there's no feeling of like, oh, well it's, it's work. So we have to be pretend like we're, you know what I mean? Like, so. um, And and if you're not that way, it shows itself. Totally. And that person. And it comes through. That's what I felt in the films was that the authenticity there was, you're not, you're not trying to make something look like it's something that it isn't or someone or a business. It's like, it's honest, authentic, Yeah, you know, and that definitely came through and that's why I, I want, I reached out originally, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think this is a great place to stop because we're, we're, we're to present day and then we can, mm-hmm. uh, wow. Was that two hours? Yeah. <laughs> that was two hours. Oh, crazy. Good. So Blue we can, by. we can make next, we can make the next episode about, uh, 
really the last year. Yeah. yeah. And and then where we're heading. What we've done yeah. during COVID and where we're going and, and some of the, the vision and whatnot. Yeah, and, and to th- your point, Mike, just saying that it's not all about us. This is this is part of this couple episode series about the origin stories and whatnot. But ultimately, down the line, we will also have guests and really cool, mm-hmm. interesting people that will join us. Oh, on we'll run out of stuff to talk about ourselves real quick. <laughs> there's a there. lot of there's a lot of really, really, truly amazing people out there that are changing the world, and we can't wait to have you on this yeah. podcast. Well, it's far. not not just that. As I was I was thinking about like opening the door to to the processes that we're talking about, and, mm-hmm. and opening the door to like what why why, why we yeah what mm-hmm. we've learned why we're doing it that way. And yesterday reinforced that like I was on a, a, a call for two hours that just like zipped by, which is another filmmaker, and he was like kind of just like opening up to you being like you know we're trying to get retainer work and and trying to do all this stuff and i realized like we don't have it figured out but it's so easy to feel like we don't have anything to give out that would be valuable for like yeah, other people and, that, and that's like what you what you've learned yeah, yeah and that's like filmmaker to, to filmmaker in a business setting but i'm like oh we should really be we should be sharing everything we know right yeah, so <laughs> you know not only do we want to have awesome people who have amazing stories on we also want to just be able to when we don't have those you know, we're sharing what we're learning and we're not yeah, right. holding it into ourselves. And not saying yeah. that we have it all figured out because we definitely don't, but like I, I that, the, that the, reinforced something within me about like, oh, well, we need to do that all the time, you know? Yeah, in the yeah. past year we've we've come far, but we've also learned a lot. So we should definitely talk about oh, it. Oh, and we yeah. pr- we preach we preach this to all everyone we <coughs> talk to, so yeah. if we're not doing it ourselves, then... Yeah, yeah the power, the power I've, I've just been saying this a lot lately, the power of a story has two two basic cycles the the writing of the story and the telling of the story and we're writing story every single day with our lives but we need to do more of the telling and that's what this is all about yeah good one to end on steven turn up the bluetooth uh, channel i'm gonna i'm gonna bring us out with this song okay here we go it's been a pleasure a little outro it's the same song good hey i'll just Damn it! <laughs> Is it the wrong? <laughs> not, no, I'm not connected to the Bluetooth anymore. Uh, you killed the outro. We got to get just play. With that. Just play the speaker over the microphone. I'll say this: if you're <laughs> tuning into this podcast and you would like to reach out to us and talk to us about what's going on in your life or in your organization or your business, please feel free to reach in through uh, Cody or Votary Films. <laughs> <laughs> through our uh, website channels and we would love to talk to you yeah, or info at votaryfilms.com <laughs> yes. definitely not mike at votaryfilms <laughs> well and and you could ask us questions we'll answer them yeah yeah we have a li- we have a live chat on the website and we there's real people on the other end of that chat and we'll answer any questions you have and, and everything's true that you've heard in this podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. and every, everything <laughs> true stories mm-hmm. oh booyah oh yeah we didn't even get permission for this, but it's his friend. Now, now it's our podcast now music. It's his Lord knows I got my reasons. I did what I could. Tell them all I'm leaving. I'll be gone for good. I don't belong here. Oh, I don't belong here. Don't try and stop me. I'm taking a